0: to this week's Lafeva CFC podcast. Connect with us via our website lefevrecfc.com or our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash CFC. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The why. Um, and today I'm just going to talk about why, the, the purpose of church and why God's placed us here, Jesus' intent for the church. Uh, and his purposes for the church, and then we've heard from Malachi what he's preaching about next week, so don't think you know it all, and that you don't need to come next week, uh, but Malachi's going to share from his heart, as he said, uh, look forward to why missions, but also some of his heart and why he's doing what he's doing for, for his gap year, uh, and the investment of finance that he's making into that, and why, what God's moved in his heart to do that, so that'll be absolutely fantastic, and then the week after, um, Paul's going to be sharing on... Why church, but why he loves the bride? Like why he, what you know, what his love for the church is and the love for the bride. I've been, as I've reflected, for me, a verse that keeps coming to mind for me is a picture of the church and a picture of um, my love for Jesus and just his his intent and his purpose is um, the church being an unstoppable force that Jesus Christ came as. Uh, a radical example of what it is to do life and he set into motion uh, with 12 disciples um, and very quickly one of them didn't get it right and he was out and then they put somebody else in but very quickly that small group of people grabbed hold of the spirit of Christ and they were compelled forward to become what has become this amazing unstoppable force that has spread across the world and that we are caught up in that and that we get to be part of it. And I, I love Jesus, and I adore him, and but I also love his church, and I'm so thankful for him that I get to be part of his cause, his purpose of reaching the lost world and ministering to people and doing life with people, uh, and that it becomes this powerful, unstoppable force. In Matthew 11, verse 12, it says, this is, re- this is from the New International Reader's Version. So words that Howard like to pick it up. But it says, Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully... Oh, sorry, has been advancing with force. And forceful people take hold of it. I thought, Lord, that allows me. I can be part of that. That I can be a person that this... The kingdom of God is advancing. Whether I'm involved or I'm not involved, it's going forward uh, and His kingdom is expanding across the planet. And God's plan is that that actually works through local churches. But I have the privilege of actually engaging with that and being part of God's plan of redemption and the communication of His message and the outworking of His hands and His feet here on this planet Why I'm here. And I thought, Lord, I love that idea. I love the idea that I get to be part of that. And that's captivated my heart for many, many years. If I tell you how long, I'll be giving away my age, but anyway, you all know I'm turning 50 this year. Um, But for 30 plus years, I've been part of his church and uh, loving Jesus in that context and having the privilege uh, in my little way to be part of that. And each one of us, in fact you're here, that you, in your way, Get to be part of that. And I love the fact that when Jesus established the church, he was really clear. we saying, Well, everyone's a, a priest and everyone's a ministry and everyone has my authority. Um, that goes for all my followers. So that we all actually are part of part of it. So if we're a follower of Jesus, we're caught up in this great advancement of the kingdom of God across this planet. And if you read the news and listen to the papers from the West, you would think that the church is dead and buried and out of date and uh, expired and irrelevant and not necessary. Um, But that's not the truth. The church is the biggest today that it's ever been throughout history. Uh, There's pockets of the world in some of our Western cultures where It's taking a bit of a hit and there's a bit of a subsiding in various parts of the church. Uh, But the reality is, as the global church of Jesus Christ is expanding, and in some of the places where you'd least expect, places like China and India, there's this massive and radical expansion of the kingdom of God and we get to be part of that and I just, I'm delighted by that. So what, what is, why is the church, what is it, what is it? Well, really, what is, for me, I'll ask this question. <clears throat> the church is to be and look like what Christ's ministry looked like. What did Jesus Christ look like? Well, that's what the church's ministry is to look like. So we could look at, well, what did Jesus, what was Jesus' ministry like? And if we went to that and you looked, read through the scriptures, well, that would give us a clear picture of what the church is to be functioning and looking like today. Um, But I thought all the youth were going to be in, so I adjusted some things for them today. So I'm going to ask you now to participate uh, in, when you think of the ministry of Jesus, and your understanding of the scriptures and what that looks like, what comes to mind to you? So this is where you give me feedback, Um, so it's not just one way. So you think of the ministry of Jesus, sorry Adrian, compassion, yeah, the compassion, great. Any particular story that jumps to mind or... Part of the ministry of Jesus that. Yeah. Yep. Great. Anybody else? Taking time for people. Yeah. Like Jesus ministered to multitudes. But it's very clear through the scriptures that he had time for the individuals and that he actually ministered healing individually to people rather than this sort of this collective big crowd. He did teach the crowds, but he saw people and spent time with people. But yeah. Anybody else? Partnership. Do you want to explain that? And Alan, you're making all the vegetarians hungry by using saying lettuce. <laughs> Sorry, Tiff, I think you're probably the only one here, but that's all right. (laughs) Um, Anybody, anybody else after my really bad joke? (laughs) Yes, truth, that Jesus spoke truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think teacher is part of it as well. It's not just what he taught, but the fact that uh, he was teacher. Yeah, teaching. Yep, great. Any other things that come to mind? Communication. Yeah, well he does communicate with us and teaches us and instructs us on how to live and how to act and what to how we engage with people. Yep. Any other thoughts while we Integrity, yeah. Jesus dealt with people with absolute integrity. Yeah, yep. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that thought of him bringing about change, and in that scenario of yeah, changing. Attitudes, but there was many times where he confronted attitudes and thinking, and people's mindsets, and absolutely changed that. And he, um, yeah, brought brought huge change. Was that called him out? Yep. Called people out. Yep. Yep. He didn't do it alone. Yep. Did it in with people. Yep. Excellent. Any other th- other thoughts? Yep. Compassion and love, yeah, definitely. Showed a lot of love to people, uh, and he responded with compassion, responded with love towards to many. Yeah. Any other thoughts going around? Yeah. So I'd link that grace definitely, and I'd also say gave people dignity. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, that's so good yeah yeah and Jesus said I came to seek and save what was lost and I didn't come to say to save those who think they're righteous I came for those who think they're lost and know that they need need help um, I think it tied in with what Danny was saying as well that sense that he restored dignity to people um, but he also caused those who probably were highly honored and respected and humbled them um, and caused them to actually come to a place of humility so um, yeah, so what are we what we see in Jesus and his ministry uh, when he was physically here with us, I believe is how the church, the physical the spiritual body of Christ, should operate and function here in this on this planet. So all those things that we said to describe Jesus, are we able to say those to describe us as a body, but that's actually a description of what the how the church is to function. Uh, in the light of, of following Christ and being his church, his arms, his feet here on, here on earth. So what a great list. Thank you for your help. Um, but as we see that and you look at Jesus and you're just I'm constantly blown away by just how much dignity, how much honour, the grace, the compassion that he had for people, but also the sacrifice of his life that he made for others, all those things come out in that. But as Jesus ministered, Now, as his spiritual body, we are also to minister. There's some amazing images that come out of the church as you look through the scriptures. And um, anyone got some for me? I'll come back to getting the pictures or the images of the church that come out of the scriptures. Obviously, we've talked about body. Yes, Malachi? The bride, yep. Wes? That was a scratch of the face, not a... army, yep, body, bride, army, family, flock, community, all these are uh, images that were used in the scriptures to decide, to show us how the local church functions here on this earth as His Jesus is the head of, but there was all these images given to us to, to pick up the very nature of Church, our purpose, our reason for being is to function in all of these and sometimes some of those maybe we lean to more than others. Some of us will be the activists and we like the army picture of the church and we're getting in there and we've got a task and we're pushing forward. Others will, oh I love the family, I love that thought of church being family and we talk about that a lot here, that that, that church is family. But body, bride, flock, community, they're all biblical images of the local church Um, and for us to be completely who Christ calls us to be and function as he calls us to be, that we need to be an expression of all of those in one way or another as um, as we love Jesus and as we do church together. The thing that I love is that Jesus promises that he'll build his church and how will he build his church is by building his body, his bride, his family, his flock, his community and his army. And Jesus gave an absolute commitment that it, he didn't leave it down to the, the desires and the, f, the. F, oh, I'm looking for the right word, I don't even know what the word is, the desires our waveringness of the human heart. There we go. Um, He didn't leave it to that or the, the confusion of the human heart or the motivations of the human heart. He said, he is committed. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Jesus Christ said, that was his commitment to us and to the church of this world. And what a privilege to be part of that! And as I said, he does it through building his body, building his bride, building his family, building the flock, building the community, and building his army. I want to look at two just amazing passages which summarize uh, what the church is to be and do. Um, And there's so many statements and so many passages through through the New Testament and the Scriptures that you could read to get a glimpse of this amazing bride, this amazing body that come out, that just captivate my heart and say, Lord, ah, oh, to be, let's continue to, to work and see that happen and be in that, le- that unity with you and in one another, all those sorts of t- things come out. But there's two statements that Jesus himself said that really summarise to me what the, the purpose and what it is for us to, in, as being the local church. And one of those is the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Let me read these to you. One is Matthew 22, verse 37 to 38. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then it goes on, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, hang on these two. And then Matthew 28, verse 29 says the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. A church that outworks and lives in the sense of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment will be a great church. And as we take hold of both of those, ah, oh, we will be the great church that Jesus continues to build. And for me this year, I think some of that is catched up, particularly um, the Great Commission is caught up in the um, oh sorry, the Great Commandment is caught up in that phrase I used with Pastor Norm yesterday, oh, sorry, last Sunday was to know him well and to make him known. And that's becoming more and more, and the more I think about that, the more and more I think, well, that, that's actually, I think my desire for this year. And the Lord's just saying, no, that is, that's it. That's my motto, my little phrase for the year. I don't know if you, at the beginning of each year, try and get a sentence or a couple of words that define your year for the Lord, but that's, that's becoming it for me. To know Him well and to make Him known. So to know Him well is to love the Lord, the God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, It really is worship. But worship, more than just, as beautiful as singing with Rod is, our uh, worship is more than being here and singing on Sunday or in your car. Um, the worship is our actions, our lifestyle, the decisions that we make. Uh, we worship Jesus in many different ways, but that we would, in that worship, would come from a place of knowing Him well. And that's the desire of my heart for each one of us, but also for me. I think Norm shared it so beautifully last, last Sunday and I hope you're inspired by it, but that, that desire to know Jesus. And I love the, the illustration he used of his journaling and he's got a Bible reading plan, but he knows the address that he's turning up to meet with Jesus each, each day. But it's not a rigid thing, it's not a, a duty thing, it's just he knows that on this day he's going to turn up and somewhere in that scripture, in that passage, Jesus is going to speak to him. And it's awesome and amazing when the Creator of heaven and earth speaks to our speaks to our soul. Um, so knowing Him well, and that is part of us gathering together on Sundays. It's part of our walk with Him. It's part of home groups. It's part of the training and discipleship and the the young um, and the youth programs that we we run. Is we want all of us to know Christ well and to be growing in our understanding of Him. And that doesn't stop, does it? Alan, even no matter how old you get, there's more to learn about him and more to know of him. Yeah? <laughs> Very good, good thought. So knowing him well, worshiping him, then the other part of that passage sort of talks about love your neighbor. I guess that's more about a, a doing thing, but us demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ to the spiritual, emotional, relational, and physical needs of people around us in our community, to one another, but also to our community. And one way that we do that as a church uh, is on um, two times a week, Alyssa goes into Ocean View College. I know some of you used to do this, but she goes into Ocean View College to do a breakfast program. So she's ministering to stomachs and to those kids, most of them who don't get breakfast. Uh, so she's ministering to the stomachs of the kids, um, but to the sanity of the teachers. Um, so the teacher, the kids are with, with a full stomach, function a lot better at school. Isn't that right, Tiff? Yes, a kid who rocks up and has had some breakfast in a classroom is going to do a heck of a lot better. So there's a whole heap of kids that don't get breakfast before they get to school. So twice a week she goes in and does that and um, she's working with the pastoral care worker to do that. But um, out of that she's not just giving out food but there's an opportunity for her then to connect with others. So uh, if you're moved by that and want to engage with that, uh, see me, see Alyssa and there's ways that we can do that, that's Monday mornings from 7.45 to about 8.45 um, and they're doing 12 packets of um, pancake mix each day. So if you want to help with that, if you happen to come across a whole heap of extra pancake mix uh, in, the, in the containers that they just add water and shake up and you'd love to contribute something to that, uh, there's an opportunity there as well. So that's one way we minister to our neighbours. Uh, but it's more than a program and it's more than just that one activity of somebody, one of us going and doing something. It's a responsibility for each one of us to love our neighbours well. And um, we had the opportunity when we were staying at the Cookle's Place when we first came to to Adelaide to uh, continue the love that they show their neighbours for three months as we stayed in their house. And um, you just realised how connected they are with their neighbours. And I don't know if you're connected with your neighbours very well, um, but I know that Hayden and Bianca are very connected to the people who live around them and there's, there's, there's a real sense of community there for them. And uh, if you're not in that space, I encourage you, be inspired by their example, because their neighbours are coming over and getting fruit. And there's all sorts of interactions and stuff that happens. Um, I would love to, we haven't developed that level with our, with our neighbours. No names, have some conversations, but not at that level where there's, there's regular contact and communication and support of one another in that space. So, you know, to love our neighbours, Uh, As a community, that means loving the peninsula and loving it well. Another part of that passage, the Great Commission goes on to say, to go and make disciples. Really, that's discipling people to Jesus. Um, If I use the word evangelism, some of you go, "Ah, I don't like evangelism. We talked about that earlier in the year. But loving, uh, discipling people towards Jesus, that we would find ways to, to share the good news of Jesus to others we have programs, activities here that we do. And it's really exciting. On, um, on Wednesday, Tara and uh, Elizabeth were here and they run music together and they've been running that for a number of years. And um, Tara was just talking that we're not actually, like she just mentioned, oh, we go to the Christian Family Center that uses the service in the, the, this building in the afternoons. And the ladies had no idea that, that that happened. And she says, oh, we used to go to a kids' club. And... Um, And they said, oh, yeah. And so Tara knowing, she said, was that King's Kids? And they go, yeah, we used to go to that and then talked about it. And then they said, we know Antoinette. Um, So they remembered your name for all those years of what you've done. And they knew knew Mick's name. And um, some of them, even a couple of the ladies actually at one stage were were being bussed down to, um, to Seton to be part of KFC. And they knew about Club Barnabas, which is uh, which, which was one years and years ago, which Danny and I were involved in at one stage. They were probably there before before me. You were there right from the beginning. Uh, but they knew Elizabeth from there as well. And like, it's just amazing, those seeds that were sown years and years ago. Um, and then last, on Friday night, we had Lefevre Kids here and there's 11 kids that came along that are coming along and hearing the good news of Jesus and having an opportunity uh, to, to, to sow into their lives. So they're, they're programs that we're running to do that evangelism work and I think there's a great space and opportunity for us to actually say Lord how do you how do we we're doing that bit how do we connect those those families with young kids how do we connect them and share the gospel with them and get them uh, allow them to be incorporated into uh, your body and into your into knowing you well and um, then in joining into the body of Christ so there's an opportunity there for us to to reach out into that space. I'm excited by it and I'm believing that the Lord this year is going to do something there for us, uh, with, through us in that, that particular space, in that young family space. Um, but it's exciting. But evangelism is not a program. Sharing the good news is not a program. Let me encourage you that. So just because the, all our youth, well, most of our youth are involved in that on Friday nights and Tara and Liz and other and um, Zoe are involved in that. Sorry, I didn't mention you before, Zoe involved in that on Wednesdays. That doesn't abdicate us from responsibility of sharing the good news because it's so easy to say, well, the church does it, there's a program, but it's actually uh, for all of us to be sharing the good news and discipling people towards Jesus, whether that's our children, um, whether that's family members that live in our house or in other spaces. So uh, there's opportunity there for us and that is part of being his church. The great, commi- the great Commission goes on about baptizing them and next week we've got some amazing baptisms that's going to happen. Um, but baptism is about belonging to Christ. and it, Yeah, it's the physical act of baptism but it also speaks to me about actually the church being a place where we belong to Christ and we're joined into that union with Him but then we're incorporated into a place of family and belonging and connection where we, we love that space together um, and being together and really... Um, that baptism and union and connection, that we are family, where we're joined together and when the Scriptures tell us that we belong to one another, that's not always easy, um, knowing that the people around you, you belong to them and they belong to you and we've got a responsibility to one another. But that is part of the church and being church and how we function in that space. It goes on, teaching them to, to obey. Growing in Christ-like maturity, teaching them to obey, that as disciples, as part of the church, is that teaching aspect of Jesus, but that each one of us are learning to obey Him and to grow in Christ-like maturity day after day. Uh, that each one of us, and this is a phrase I'm going to be using a bit this year, is about uh, disciples making disciples. So quite often we think, oh yeah, I'm being disciple, or I'm in a discipleship program for me, but actually, well, who are Every believer discipling somebody else. So who are you discipling? Who are you training up? Who are you discipling in their maturity towards Christ? So there's a glimpse of some of the things that I love about the church and why Christ has placed us together and play, has called the church to be. Let me finish by reading you this passage. Rod, would you like to just come and get ready? I'll read you one last scripture and it's an amazing picture of the church. And when I read this, I say, Lord, I'm in love with your church. I've loved Jesus more, but I love his church and I love his bride and I love being part of his family and being connected to him. But this is an amazing picture of the very first church. The heading in the NIV is the fellowship of the believers. Not the fellowship of the rings, but the fellowship of the believers. Um, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I... Stop on prayer, and I've highlighted in my translation here, but I think for us that they devoted themselves to prayer. I'd love to see us increase in our prayer, as a individually but also corporately. And then it goes on. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give it to one another to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved and that last bit that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved I think that's a challenge for us to believe, to pray into that space, that there's been a lot of seed sowing and there's a lot of connection points. But Lord, we want to believe that you will add to our number daily those who are being saved. Maybe that's a stretch to believe that every day someone through us would be saved, but that the Lord would actually stir us to pray. And um, as I was reading a story just last week of D.L. Moody, a great American, I think he's American, British, American? I don't know where he's from. Great preacher, a great evangelist. Um, but he carried around in his pocket a list of 100 names that he was praying for for their salvation. Um, and he carried that in his pocket everywhere he went because he would committed to pray for these 100 people. And um, the story goes that at his funeral, he'd ticked off that 98 of them Um, They found the the list in his pocket. 98 of them had made commitments to to follow Jesus. And um, that's amazing in itself. Um, But the story then goes on. The remaining two actually made a decision to follow Jesus at his funeral. Um, But his commitment to prayer for the lost, his commitment to pray and to continue to pray and believe for the salvation, believe for the work of Christ in people's lives, I'd like us to to call us to prayer in these coming weeks and months. Say, Lord, we want to see a shift in this area in us as a community. There's so much that is good, but in that area I think we're falling short in seeing the gospel and bringing people to a place where the gospel is bringing transformation and change and people are being saved. And I'd love to see, to be able to say. Like there's so much of that picture, I go, yeah, I think that describes us. Uh, I think that describes us. Yes, yes. But adding to our our number daily, those who are being saved, I'm saying, Lord, this is not about our kingdom, but it's about your kingdom. And Lord, give me a passion to pray into that space that we would reflect you and be the church that you've called us to be. So um, I'm going to pray and then God's going to lead us in a song. But as we do that, I'd love for you just to, to enjoy God's presence. And say, Lord, I want to, if you, if you would, say, oh, I've got some people I want to pray for. I've got some people I want to believe for, that God wants to use you to move them along a journey towards salvation and following of him. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we know it is all about you, that it is all about you being at the centre. Lord, I, we want to be a group of people personally and collectively. Lord, we want to be a group of people that know you well. Lord, that that then our hearts would be so aligned with you and that, Lord, out of that place we would want to make others, let other people know about you in whatever way, wherever you've placed us, however you've placed us. Not in a forced, pressured way, Lord Jesus, but just in a way that comes so naturally that we just have know you so well, we know your heart, we fall in love with you, that you're speaking to us, that we're having communion with you that our natural desire is, Lord, that we want others to be part of that, what we've experienced. So, Lord, I pray that for us. Lord, we want to be a great church, a church that follows your great command and your great commission. Lord, we know it is is you, and you are the one that saves, transforms, changes people. You're the one that brings about all of that, and it's all based on your gift. Lord, we want to take hold of that. Lord, we list that scripture I read first that said the kingdom of God is moving. It's an unstoppable force and that we get to be part of that. Lord, I want long for us to be part of that in an ever-increasing measure.